Hey guys, we're here with Archit. Um, there's a whole bunch of things when it comes to IT and outsourcing. Um, Archit, man, thank you for joining us. Uh, we met early on this year when you came and um, exhibited at our first event. Stand up. Thank you so much. And, uh, we've been we've been keeping in touch since. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I want to touch base. How's uh, COVID nineteen been for you? How's the pandemic? You're telling me you were bored. You're like a bored at home. Uh, what like, you do? What's going on? As you know, like you know, I do two. I work with two companies. One of them yeah. going well. Actually, one of them is not that bad. We didn't lose any clients, but we didn't gain new ones either. So it's neither good nor bad. Uh, second one actually, we're we're losing a lot of business. IT industry is not going well. I mean, nobody's trying to create new content. No website. Like, it's it's okay. Like you know, we're not losing people. Sometimes we lose people. So some days we don't lose people. It's ups and downs. No oh, man. <laughs> How's the general general sentiment been like within the industry? Like, uh, what are people? IT, saying? it's not been good. This COVID nineteen really destroyed a lot of businesses in the IT sector for sure. I know some sectors you were telling me um, profited, but we definitely did not profit. <laughs> we lost a lot of in the last month. Fifteen percent we lost. Is this generally for IT outsourcing or just IT in general? IT in general, I would say. I mean, uh, I know the whole sector moved at home, so I mean, things are still going smooth. But I mean, in big companies, people did get laid off. I know some of my clients' own companies; they got like they laid off people. So I have CEOs on the call with us, trying to learn our software, like the one I work with. It's uh, it's crazy because they don't have that many people anymore to uh, actually implement their strategies and you know plan out their um, future plans. <laughs> so it's mostly just yeah, yeah, yeah. them themselves now. Cool, no that makes sense, man. Like I would imagine though, like since everyone's like trying to work from home, wouldn't outsourcing go upwards because people want you need to figure out virtual solutions to things anyways. I guess my answer to that would be. The IT sector, not you can't be prepared for anything. Anything can happen, mm-hmm. right? Especially, okay, so yeah. I work with franchisors. People are not signing up for new franchisees, right? People are not uh, trying to start a business right now because they don't know how long the situation is going to go. That's the main reason. In IT, when you request, or sorry, when you invest some money, you need to know when the return is going to come in. The problem is they don't know when they're going to even step out of the house anymore, right? Mm-hmm. It's getting harder and harder for them. So uh, I guess it's not working for us as well as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what's the market saying? Like, um, we, we talked to everybody about this, right? On how long this is going to last. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to your industry if, you know, this lockdown happens, continues for like four months, seven months, nine months? Uh, you know, I think, in, I think, for six months, we should be fine. Like, I know we can sustain this for six months easily. I know it's already been a month. So let's say for five more months, we should be fine. If it doesn't, if it goes longer than that, then we need to even lose some of our resources. Like, uh, yeah. we I work with, we work overseas a lot, right? And uh, if this goes any longer, we might have to lay someone up, unfortunately. Our, our, our board of directors are very nice. Like they, they don't want to like lay off people. They cut hours for some people, yeah. but they want to lay off people. But again, the more clients we lose, the term, they are gonna, it's going to affect our company directly. 
and just non-mechanical in its IT sector itself. I mean, one of the things we, we touched upon earlier is that your company invested in pandemic insurance. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of that. Like, you know, you think of that as being like, you know, volcano insurance. Like, people joke about that, right? True, true. Like, what is that? Am I ever going to use that? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's really been the saving grace for you guys, especially, right? The fact that I, I could definitely tell people more about that. Uh, so, I know we're a small business. I mean, we started off as a small business about seven seven or eight years ago uh, the reason for this is because uh, along the time when my boss was uh, when he owned other companies in 2008 there was an economic depression right a lot of people lost jobs a lot of people lost money and you know and it was a hard time for him that's the time he realized that this type of pandemic can happen anytime right there's obviously nobody knows when it's going to happen when it's going to even end or something so we, we got something called pandemic insurance. We were so lucky to have that. If a pandemic happens, uh, according to our insurance term, if a pandemic happens, then within the first uh, six months, we're covered. Our company doesn't have to lose any jobs. Uh, we might have to cut some hours to make sure that we uh, stay within our limits for uh, expenses. We cut some expenses down. But uh, our jobs are secure for the next six months at least because of this pandemic insurance. They paid us about... Uh, $400,000 over the, they're going to pay us 400000 over the next six months. After that, we're on our own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still fantastic for, for, for a thought by your boss, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Taking that, that over. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people would do that, so kudos to him. Kudos yeah, to him. a lot of premium we're paying. I mean, if this, let's just say coronavirus didn't happen, this pandemic didn't happen, then uh, we would still be paying the premium. I think he's paying about like over five thousand dollars a month for the company. Wow! Just for pandemic insurance. Just for pandemic insurance. I mean, it covers more than pandemic insurance, but. Okay, it, okay, okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a branch. Like your car insurance doesn't only cover your tires; it mostly covers the interior too. So we just redeem our tires right now. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah, like let's say our building catches fire. I mean, I hope that never happens. But let's say our building catches fire, then we're covered. And uh, any unforeseen circumstances, uh, they're going to cover a lot of our expenses and make sure that we don't have to fire people or lay people off. Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges we face uh, being a company that works with overseas resources is that we need to make sure they're protected. Because, see, our even though they haven't seen, like most of the people haven't seen us in person yet that work for us, they still need to know that we're working for an organization, not just you know playing cards over here and gambling, right? So uh, I think it's very important that they knew that we have this insurance. Most of our company employees appreciated it, and of course, um, you know they're not going to lose their jobs. What's happier than that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. Um, cool. Can you talk a little more about the two companies you work with? Okay. Um, so one of the ones that I worked with, the one that got the pandemic insurance, uh, it's a CRM. It's a, it's called Franchise Soft. It's a franchisee CRM. Uh, we exclusively work with franchisors who are looking for uh, uh, a place to house their leads, a place to house their contacts, a place or like a CRM to actually uh, convey their messages in an email blast. There's a bunch of things that we do. Uh, right now we have about 40 clients that I work with. So I personally work as the onboarding specialist over there 
any new clients that we get, uh, any old clients that we have, they're all considered my clients. And uh, I'm able to not only teach them, but actually regain their knowledge. If they have somebody joining the company, I would be the person they contact so they can uh, get him up to speed with their processes on Franchise And the other company I work with is Archesis, originally the one that I worked with um, at your event. So that's actually a um, developer firm. So it's an outsourced development firm. What we do is uh, we have a bunch of developers housed in an office uh, who are looking for to get hired by companies over here in Canada, US, so they can work uh, for them remotely. So I, I do business development for these guys. I usually just uh, try to find clients uh, who would be interested in, uh, in hiring uh, overseas resources, right, for a good price of, of course. So I do that. That's my second one. Yeah. Awesome. And you, you, we talked earlier too. You live in Chicago for a while. You recently moved back. Yeah, for like a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think that was uh, two, three years ago now. I lived there for about seven or eight months. Nice time. Okay, so that was just a way to get out of the city and just to get some youth around you. Yeah, I had my uh, I had my internship there actually. I was working for a company. Um, uh, well, when I, when I was in the middle of my university, uh, I was working for a company that does uh, a lot related to IT. But I mean, they shifted sectors now. But uh, I, they called me over there directly, and I was housed in my uh, uncle's apartment. Actually, he lives in Chicago. Sorry, if you could like not move around because I think the stat the noise is coming through. Yeah, sorry about that. Chair and stuff. Yeah, no worries. But uh, cool, man. So like, tell me a little bit more about Chicago and how that went because from what I hear, Chicago is also blowing up when it comes to tech, especially in like marketing. There's a lot uh -huh. of digital agencies in there. Right? Yeah. Um, did you have any experience working with them at all? Uh, not really, because I was I was living in Naperville. It's a little bit farther from like the Chicago main area. Um, I did have a lot of experience. I did have a lot of experience in my own company, which was also in Naperville. Uh, again, IT firm doing. Uh, we did website development. We did uh, SEO. We did a lot of uh, PPC campaigns. So I was coordinating them. Um, it went well, actually. I think that company still exists. It's just, uh, like I said, it shifted sectors now. It's, I know they're doing investment in real estate now and stuff like that. Um, but the market over there, I would say the IT sector, I am not aware of now. After COVID situation, I didn't get in touch with any. Yeah. My own companies have been so busy. Like, I mean, just keeping things is hard now, right? Nobody wants to like pay a premium for something they don't need. And I feel like, uh, CRM could be something that they don't want to pay for, right? So I think it's been keeping me busy. What do you think? Uh, I think uh, you think their Chicago uh, is better in IT sector than Toronto right now? Like in the no, COVID? no, no. Uh, from what I hear from the market, I and also I hear like Chicago is really good with the digital side, digital marketing. It's mm -hmm. there. Exactly. Shopify is really interested. I, I got I got first turn on them because uh, I got headhunted for a senior role at Shopify. Okay. I think you told me this. And during the interview, yeah, so during the interview, they're like, you really need to know about Chicago. And I'm like, what do I need to know about Chicago? <laughs> and then they told me, and they told me about all the growth factors there. This is about two years ago. So I've been keeping an eye out for things coming out of there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because a company like like Shopify is that interested in, in Chicago as a hub, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, Chicago is known for such like a financial city. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it's cool to know that tech is still booming out of there. Mm-hmm. There are a few tech companies coming out of there. Funny enough, like the really interesting uh, area is Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is probably one of the the hubs in the world. Um, definitely in the world and in North America for medtech, medical mm-hmm. technologies. Mm-hmm. That entire region is, is completely crazy, right? So we're pretty tied in with medical technology companies here and uh, the, some VC funds that work here in medical tech. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, right? Because we think here, a lot of medtech companies are booming because we see a lot. Uh, Toronto has been historically known for like, especially medical technologies and commercialization of, of, of sciences and, and research, but apparently it's like one third of the market that's, that's opening up in the States over there. But who knows right now, right? Like with especially things happening right now with COVID, yeah. you know, a lot of these companies are probably uh, doing pretty well or trying to pivot away from the, the model that works for them. Mm. They do have a lot more cases than Canada. That uh, That could be a factor why it's harder for them to stay awake right now. But uh, I guess they should be doing good, right? I mean, people prepare for this kind of stuff. It could happen anytime, right? I mean, my own boss, I didn't expect I don't, I don't, Right? I think your boss is very much, you know, a minority, a very big minority of, of preparing for this. I don't think anybody, in fact, from what I'm hearing from the US especially, they're not preparing, they're not even preparing now. Yeah. Right. Like, especially in the south, especially in the south in the states, it's business as usual. There's no protection, right? Everyone's just going about their business as it's normal. Mm. Um, there's no real quarantine. There's no real enforcement of that. Um, entire company. There's no essential versus non-essential business closures. It's business as usual, and that's the scary part. The states is yes. might get really hit hard. People are getting laid off. It's funny because U.S. a lot of clients they're getting clearly laid off. I feel like Canada didn't have that happen as much. I don't know that many people who got laid off. Yeah, um, U.S. numbers definitely trump ours. It's it's crazy the amount of people are laid off, uh, especially concerning there since they also when you get laid off they lose the health insurance, right? Which is which is insane for us. Yeah. But again, for Canada, yeah, we're a lot more protected, hundred percent. Um, I just think it is a way we work here. I think like it's more secure, but there have been layoffs, man. So we are looking at a list. Last Friday, thousands of tech workers were laid off globally, right? Hundreds of them are here. Like Ritual laid off like 300 people mm. last week. Toronto, born and raised company. Mm. They, they let go of people all uh, let go of people all across the world, and that's concerning because tech has the highest the highest margin business. If you're letting go of people, right? That's a real indicator of what, what about the, the lower margin businesses? Mm-hmm. They're probably much more fried right now. But yeah. Um, what about uh, your friends and stuff? Like, what do they say? Your clients? Nobody. If you say about my friends, nobody got laid off. They're all working fine. Uh, they, are, they are facing challenges. Everybody that I know till now, nobody has said that work is easy even though they're having people work from home. Uh, I feel like when you work from home, people expect more from you, right? Because they don't know what you, I mean, 
if you think about it, you're traveling, you're not traveling anymore. Uh, you have more time. You're the, in the comfort of your room. Uh, the worst you can do is not work, right? <laughs> Getting paid the same, working from home. You know what some companies did? Actually, it might be funny to you. Maybe the first time you hear this. But uh, instead of firing people, they came up with a at-home wage. So apparently, if you're working from home, your salary is different. <laughs> and if <laughs> it's normal. Uh, yeah. I guess it works better than getting laid off, right? Yeah. Uh, but again, I mean, I don't want to lose my salary, right? Based on mm. if working from home or not. If you think about it from the company owner perspective, it's amazing that you're not ha having them lose their jobs, but you're still like, there's, it's still costing them. Indirectly, it's costing all of us, but as an employee, it really sucks when you have a different wage at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? No, right. Yeah. No, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard of that. I don't know. No, at home wage. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. if it's a really a way to bail out the company, to bring down um, their, their burn rate, to keep the staff on longer, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But if it's wage gouging, if companies are trying to like, you know, take advantage of this, that's different. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be pretty kind of unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's talk a little about, about that, right? Like working from home, I'm feeling like if this goes on for a few more months, Companies are already looking at this and be like, why am I paying for a $30,000 office? You know, why yeah. am I making my employees drive or bus in for an hour? I think, yeah. I think a lot of companies I'm talking to, the companies are thinking it might be better to have a distributed workforce, have people work from home and maybe have a, like a smaller office people can come to for, for at need or even better have credits and like certain just, just meeting, yeah. come for meeting or maybe if you have to see a client go to your office come back home start working again yeah and not even an office like use i'm, I'm kind of on and against it I'm, i mean i might be okay with working from home regardless but again it's i'd rather go to an office it feels more official to me i don't know if that makes yeah. sense but i feel better at work than being at home i'll be honest with you i probably get the same amount of work done but uh, if my job starts to be only from home, I'm going to hate my life. <laughs> I won't say <care> much. <laughs> you need, I think, especially as salespeople, you need to stretch your legs. You need to get new environments. You need to meet new people. You need, you need to exit your scenario, right? Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like, the fact that everybody's home, I'm actually connecting with people way more. More people who would, you know, not have time for me are taking my calls. Because they're home. <laughs> Right. Because they're home, because they have time, right? Yeah. So it's actually a really interesting uh, dynamic, even though I'm not as fluid and moving around. Like I, I literally have not left my house that much in the last four weeks. And yet I have had more calls, more conversations, and more podcasts done than I have done in the six months. Wow. That's amazing. Right? Like, just because like, I'm, just, I'm just driving and doing work, because where, where's the friction? We're no longer setting up meetings and meeting face to face or scheduling calls, right? You set put up a Zoom link, put up a Calendly link, and then hey, schedule schedule yourself in, and I'll take yeah. a call. And like, you can organize yourself pretty 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 lucratively, right? Yeah. And work around it. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is, as long as you're motivated enough, you can integrate your work and life together. Yeah. So you still out of bed, turn your laptop on, get the work done, go make breakfast, eat with your family, then start working again. Turn on the Xbox, play some COD, and start yeah. working again, right? Exactly. Like, 
Like, it, what's interesting is like, I, I work like that normally. I like working like that. I'll send out emails to my team at like two o'clock in the morning. And then I'm a night owl. And then Henry, my part, business partner, yeah. he's, a, he's a morning guy. He's a morning person. He like wake up around like 5, 6 a.m. Yeah. So four hours after I send an email out at 2 o'clock, he's already acting upon it and operating. And then when I wake up, yeah. he's already acting so much and like, here's next steps. And I pick up and go. Right. And then it's like this, like, it's like a relay race that actually functioned more. So me yeah. and him, like, we've set this kind of module up for the past year that's been working really well. And yeah. now it's just been more streamlined because everyone else is doing that. Right. Now I'm getting emails from clients from other people at like two o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. You'll do calls randomly. Everything's kind of integrated. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a soup. Right. Work and life. Hmm. Have you come up with like a routine? I feel like everybody's been asking me this lately. Uh, when I'm home, I definitely have a routine. I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have like, no routine. Oh, man. For the past few years, I've built a, a great routine, right? Wake up, first thing you do, hit the gym, get pumped up, eat yeah. a meal, and then go, right? I, one hour of reading, and then, you know, by answering emails, like, I had, always had a routine. I, yeah. I trained myself to do that. But being at home, you can't do it. I can't do it. Really? <laughs> I think my main part is that, like, I, I structured it so that each room or each environment is meant for something, right? Hmm. So my room is meant for sleeping. I don't really do much, you know, okay. anything else. I come there to come to sleep. Then I have a work table here if I need to work. But then the office is where I spend 90% of my time, hmm. right? Especially my productive time. Yeah. Right? We have, like, you go to the huddle space. They have a gym there. I hit the gym right in the morning, right? Yeah. Get some, get some light reading, get some reading done, and then start my day there, right? So got ingrained into that kind of routine. And part of that routine was being able to exit the home environment and being like, this is a work environment. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I, get, I definitely, Lending, I get that. Yeah. Right. And living from home, you, you don't want to do that because you're also working on your family schedule and other people's schedule. Mm-hmm. But like the routine breaks down, but I feel like it's still functional. Right? I'm, I'm still being super functional. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Whereas regularly, like if it was last year, everyone else was working on a routine and, and you're out of sync, hmm. right? then you're out of sync and you're not being functional. Yeah. I feel the fact that everyone else is struggling with the same thing and integrating life and doing things on the fly and they're not expecting, oh, I emailed you 30 minutes ago, where's my reply? <laughs> and you say, yeah. yeah, you'll get back to me when you get back to me. Right? Yeah. That's the main thing. Everything's become more fluid now and it's hmm. weirdly free. I think, I think it's, uh, I think you're right. Definitely. You need to step out for office work. Definitely. I, that's a good routine. At home, you're so comfortable. That's another like negative point. You're so comfortable, you feel more lethargic. Even though you don't feel it sometimes, mm-hmm. you know it. You're you're getting lethargic. You get, but I mean, I think your productivity goes up because I think I've been having a lot more calls too. Right, my whole job is based on having calls, and uh, I've been having more calls. But again, that's that's only when I want to. Right, in office you kind of have to. In work, in at home you're like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it after food, right? Uh, but waking up, going to gym, I miss that, man. I, I so miss that. Like, it's been I miss a... the gym so much. Yeah. You know, in my house downstairs in the basement, we have a, a electrical machine and a, a treadmill. So I have something going on. Uh, but, I mean, compared to the gym, it's so much, so much worse. I'd rather go to the gym every day than going downstairs and working out. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean... 
all I have right now at home is a pull-up bar. Thank God. I have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, I don't know if I told you, but uh, I actually moved, right? So really? a new place. Bro, we moved in a week before the pandemic. Oh, man. Wow. Wait, so in I your have, house, like with I your- I already have furniture in my house. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so um, I actually bought, bought my first house, me and my wife, we moved in here. Nice. We, we, we moved, we got possession, moved in the house, and yeah. the pandemic started hitting. We, we didn't get any of our furniture that we ordered, so we, had, yeah. we, had, we canceled most of the order. We, uh, luckily, we got appliances put in before it all happened, mm. right? But my whole house is barely furnished, man. Right. I can't order anything off Amazon, right? We've just been waiting to see what's going on. Yeah. We haven't done anything. Um, cool thing is I've moved my parents. In, in the new house, you're at least getting to spend time with each other, right? That's more valuable than new furniture, right? If you get a new house and you start going to work every other day, like nothing nothing changed, it's just another same house. It's like more of the same every day. Now we're at least like discovering the whole house, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's good because everyone's around. So I moved my parents in. My sister's living with us too. Nice. It, it has a family environment. It's not empty. Nice. Let's move it around. But uh, also being stuck in the household with five, uh, five your family members right. trying to work and coordinate because everybody's working at the same time too, right? It's also a struggle. Yeah. It's all different. Like, I feel like I don't know how long it's going to go, but I really don't want this COVID to go longer than like two months, let's say. Initially, <laughs> initially when it started, I thought maximum is going to go for like is a month. But from what I'm hearing, it could go up to like two years, I heard. It's, this is a month, man. This has been a month. Two years, yeah. Everyone's saying 18 months is going to take time to get the vaccine out from the public to, like, to you know, safeguard us. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't mind it. It's, you know, you can't go out. It's just that whole feeling of being home only, it sucks. <laughs> At, to some extent, it's even, it's even harder to stay home than being outside. Right? <laughs> It should be the other way around. You know, you know, yeah. You know who I feel bad for? Teenagers, man. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck at home. You're not, get, you're, not, you're not going out. You're not having fun. You're not having parties. You're not meeting people. I mean, that's, that's the age where you are so want to go out and explore new people. Yeah. Right? And you want to be away from family. Now you're stuck with them. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day with my wife, right? I'm like, man, like, imagine we were like teenagers and like, I'm at my house, your, your house, because we've been dating since we're like 17. And like how difficult that would have been, right? One, not be able to meet other people, but also each other, right? Like, what's yeah. happening with relationships? What's going to happen with people, right? What's going to happen to a younger generation who's less now, you know, no school for, if it goes on for a year or two, can you imagine yeah. no school? We're trying to work from home, surrounded by devices, right? And not meeting any people. They're going to be so anti-social, right? They won't like it. <laughs> they won't know how to react when they get out of the house, right? Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. My my really good friend, one of my best friends, uh, he broke up with his girlfriend on uh, March 11th. <laughs> and the guys, one week later, he's stuck in the house. Now he's so depressed he can't open his eyes because, of course, I mean, when you when you up after like okay, they had a seven year long relationship. They broke up. I don't know family reasons, lots of reasons. They're not one, but now he's home. They're both home, and they're just depressed out of their minds. I mean, I would be too, of course. I mean, seven year long relationship, you're just breaking it up. So see, like it's affecting a lot of people in ways they didn't even know they can get affected, right? But uh, 
it is giving you a sense of uh, importance of home, right? At least you're finding out uh, what you couldn't do. You know how there's been days I'm asking, you're probably asking, why am I here? I should go back home. I just want to go to my bed. Now you have your bed right here and you can't <laughs> go to sleep because you're only yeah. there. Right? Yeah. It's the irony. It is, man. Like, I'm, I'm usually, like, I, I've been trying to train myself to be more regulated. You know, mm-hmm. At a certain time, go to the gym, go to sleep at a certain time, have meals during a certain time. Actually, that's a lie. I eat sporadically, right? Because it's hard when, when, you're, when you're working. Yeah. But now, it's the exact opposite. I eat regularly because my wife's here, my family's here, and we, like, you know, we coordinate meals together. Yeah. So that's first set. But I'm staying up to like two, three o'clock in the morning, waking up late, right? Nine broken down. What's that? You're waking up really late, and you're like, you start work late, of course, right? Yeah. It's been happening to me too. Well, I go to sleep on time, but I can't. Somehow, I can't wake up late. Like it's it's just you know, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good you thing. You know, one of the craziest things is one of the symptoms of COVID. Yeah. Is not being able to wake up properly. What? <laughs> no way. Wait. <laughs> it's literally stated there. If you're waking up late, that's good or no? If you have if you're struggling to wake up. Yeah. Right. It's one of the symptoms. Okay, then I'm fine. I wake up early. <laughs> My problem has been that I can't sleep past seven or eight. Like today morning, yeah. I was up at seven and my, my whole house is like sleeping, right? And they're like, yeah. why are you up so early? It's a force yeah. I have, right? Yeah, of course. I'd rather wake up early though. I, like any day of the week, I'd rather wake up early, go to gym, maybe, maybe even start. morning person? Yeah, exactly. I wake up, make my, make breakfast for everybody. So they love me. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick, man. In fact, I, I honestly hate morning people. <laughs> this is my complete new house. We got it uh, two months ago. You got the, you got you got this place two months ago. Two months ago. Yeah. Nice. And I got my. So bad for. I got my car two okay. days before the quarantine started. New car, 2020 oh, car. No. Outside, I can't do anything. You know how much I've driven it? 112 kilometers in four weeks, three weeks. It sucks. Can't do anything with it. Yeah. My plan was like get a really cute girlfriend, get take her out. Now there's no girlfriend. <laughs> Just the car. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. I remember t- we were talking about this. You're so excited to get that car. I know. Can't do anything. Else. That's unfortunate. Man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, at least stick around for a joyride here and there. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I can't go too far because, there, you know, in Brampton, I'm not, I'm not sure if you know this, but like on the highways, there is police. And if like yeah. they're stopping cars randomly and asking them where you're going. Uh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Luckily, I didn't get asked yet. But like, I know people are getting tickets if they, if they don't have a reason to be out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's Patrick Brown. He's, uh, he's uh, what's the mayor of Brampton. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I know Patrick for a while. He's been to my house. He's a great friend. He's uh, very strict. Yeah. He's laying the law down pretty strictly. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's warranted. Like he's trying to I mean, prevent spread and all this. And especially in Brampton, it's been like a, a lot of cases of people not following the rules, following the quarantine. Yeah. But man, it, it's kind of crazy when you're seeing police enforce quarantine procedures. 
especially mm -hmm. hedge funds and tickets. Mm -hmm. No, it's like what seven hundred and fifty dollars for not falling falling quarantine. Seven fifty exactly. My neighbor, right? never, neighbor got fined uh, two days ago. The guy paid seven fifty. Yeah. yeah. What do you get fined for? For not for being out and no reason. He was uh, he was at Lakeshore. He was close to Lakeshore or something, and uh, police stopped him. Uh, they're like, uh, where are you going? He's like, what do you mean, where are you going? He's like, are you going to a gas station? No. Are you going to uh, uh, like groceries or something? No. Anything specific? No. They gave him a ticket for being out for no reason. Wow. I didn't believe him. I thought he's lying, but then he actually showed me the ticket. And it said, not following quarantine procedures during uh, COVID-19. That's the ticket name. Yeah, so that's the, so we, I saw that the whole Instagram, sorry, uh, WhatsApp chain, people are forwarding it. Yeah. So I saw that. Um, I mean, I, be, I believed it because you could see the ticket that you can show and it looks like, a, like an Ontario type of ticket, right? Yeah. And then uh, people are talking about it after, oh, it's a rumor because in Markham, it's not, it's not as strict. The, the cops are not giving tickets like that. Mm. Um, City of Toronto, yes and no. If it, it, it's only for like certain cases. If people are gathering more than a group of five of tickets and stuff like that, yeah. they haven't pulled people over. So people here think uh, that's a rumor, but I think yeah. Brampton is being a lot more Brampton. strict, man. Holy because, God. I mean, insurance is high here, first of all. Uh, there's less hospitals here than other cities. Uh, there's only two major hospitals here, and the city, actually, Brampton is one of the biggest cities in Ontario. Uh, so we should have more hospitals, but there's not. And uh, the drivers are crazy, of course. I mean, it's not a rumor. Everybody knows Brampton has crazy drivers. So yeah. that might be why it's more more protected here, right? Uh, yeah, Brampton like, is like it's like tech, Canada's Texas. Everything is so big. All the buildings are big. Houses are big. It's so spread out. It's so wide. Yeah. Like driving across Brampton is it, it's pretty hectic. Yeah. I used to do a lot of field sales across the city, and Brampton was one of the worst areas because they do have um, customers across Brampton. Yeah. Right? Going from one end of Brampton to the other end is... It's, it's crazy. In fact, uh, when I moved, I lived in Brampton before too. My old house and new house are on opposite ends. Like that one was southwest. This one is northeast. Like it's crazy. But uh, I mean, it's a much bigger house. I'll show you in fact. Here. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if you can see it, but that's my new house. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice, man. That's great. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good, man. Yeah. Uh, but like, I feel for people who are in condos, you know, I talked to a few people. There was one couple I talked to, uh, Josh and his girlfriend, they live in a loft, like a 800 square foot loft. So there's no way, no walls. Right? Really? So yeah, so lofts are open spaces, right? So it's just, it's just a studio apartment mm. with no walls. <laughs> so literally to get a break from each other, they'll have to go to the washroom and just stay. You know, that's the only place you have a wall dividing you from. Yeah. Um, and that's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, for us to have a space to walk around in. But if you're stuck in a, literally in a room, right? I mean, There's I know no for problem. a lot of people who live right? in I mean, I'm, I'm sure when they, like, I mean, they don't need privacy from each other. But, like, personal privacy is not there in places like that. How do you even stay quarantined in that? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this has been fun, man. This has been great. Yeah. Let's, let's cut the episode here. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. All right. Glad you're doing well. And let's keep in touch more, man. Perfect. All right. We'll do another one. I'm going to end that recording.
will stick around, they stick around for a little bit.